0: Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace.
1: Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, Missouri Training Institute. Yay! (laughs) I always <laughs> love our energy. <laughs> I love it. it. makes me happy. Uh, all right. So today's topic, um, I'm just actually going to start out with this big, general, broad question. Thinking back through your careers, Dewey and Ray, how often did your supervisors ask you for feedback? About their
2: leadership? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Not often. Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
2: I I guess if I'm having a hard time going, coming up with that, I'm going to say I don't know that they did specifically. Mm -hmm. You know, they might ask for feedback on how a project went, you know, that we, Mm -hmm. but not how am I doing as your leader kind of request.
0: Which, by the way, is a great question that Covey says we should ask um, um, uh, our employees a lot. How am I doing as your leader? that is a great question. It's a question that um, helps us as leaders to, uh, regardless of whether they're correct in their assumptions or not, that is their perceptions of right. us as leaders. Um, and so it is all about our own self-development and our own uh, awareness. Um, to answer your question, um, I can only think of maybe a handful of times when I've been asked that question. Um one was through a very formalized process of 360. So mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily just a one-on-one situation where somebody asked me my particular opinion. I mean, they got my opinion, but it was anonymous uh, and so they didn't have right. any clue as to who said what. Mm-hmm. Um, those can be helpful though, I think, that they those 360 types of the feedback mechanisms can be very helpful with looking at trends. Do you have a lot of people saying the same things? You know, that kind of of thing. But the other person that I have in mind that um, asked me that was was a great mentor of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he would ask me that once in a while. Um, I will say though that even though he is a great mentor of mine, we, at like any other relationship, had our ups and our downs. And so, the the times when our relationships was was pretty good, we would have that conversation um, a lot more often. Mm-hmm, yeah. And if those, and I think Ray was there one time when. Uh, <laughs> I gave feedback, whether he liked it or not. And uh, that did not go so well uh, because that was at a time when our relationship was not so good. Mm -hmm. Um, And we worked hard to get over that. And I'm so glad to still call him a a, a great friend and a great mentor of mine. But, um, you know, I I think that is also at play here when you're asking as leaders, as leaders, when you're asking for for that feedback, which is an important thing thing. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta think about what's that relationship like. Am I going to get what they think I want to hear mm-hmm. <laughs> or am I going to get some honest, um, uh, viewpoints perspectives yeah. uh, from them?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I, I it- Yeah, I do remember that day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And they did. They were very intentional. Dewey and and, uh, our former boss, you know, being um, intentional about working through it Mm -hmm. and then going back to all of us that witnessed the feedback and um, kind of following up. So it was it was a complete... Process and I honestly I think it was a very good model because not every healthy environment is conflict free. I right. mean, in fact, if it is, I'm, I'm going to question if it's that healthy. Right. So, but how it was handled, it wasn't the conflict based on the feedback that that was scary. You know, it was how the conflict was handled that was so healthy mm-hmm. um, by Ver- by way of this feedback. But I'm going to say as a leader. Um, do it first. Don't wait to be asked if somebody can give you feedback. Like, start asking for it and get people used to you even saying it and maybe even expect them, like you'd pointed out to me, maybe even expect them to be like, nope, everything's fine. You're great. You know, you're, you know. Right. All right. And so then my question is, if you are getting a lot of that, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, change your question. Mm. You know, ask for specific feedback, you know? So when you're, you know, in the middle of a project, how can I support you better? Mm -hmm. Or what could I do differently to help support you during that time, you know, and, and make it like related to a specific thing Mm -hmm. versus how am I doing, you know, challenge my character here. You know, that's, that's a scary proposition for a lot of people. That's right. Well, and I, I kind of step back from
1: that and thinking about what, you know, what Dewey was mentioning with his mentor. And I've talked about my a previous supervisor I had who was still a mentor and like a work dad to me. Um, he that was one of the things that I always appreciated was every conversation we had, even those difficult conversations where uh, my emotions were high because I'm me. And uh, he would still say, I can tell that something is going on. Um, do you feel comfortable? Comfortable telling me how you think I handled this, or how could I have handled this better with you to have gotten maybe a different response? And he mm-hmm. would do that even in the moment. And if I'd start tearing up or something, I just couldn't. I couldn't do it at that point. He would always come back yeah. and ask. Nice. Um, and that was something that was so important to me, uh, and it just honestly built our relationship even deeper. Uh, just because it really felt like he genuinely and that's the other thing is I think there's an element of genuineness with this. Like, don't just do it to say you're doing it as a leader, but to be really genuine in wanting the opportunity To hear how people might be viewing your leadership. Uh, And I don't know that our hearts are always open to that because it hurts sometimes. It hurts sometimes. And so when we think about this and as a leader, you know, how can you kind of tell if your people are maybe reluctant to giving you feedback? I think you hit the nail on the head, right? When you said, well, it's just the same. Oh, you're doing great. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of general uh, um, conformity, I guess, response. But I also have seen spaces where leaders have people who try to, like, cover things up, you know, how did you think that went? Oh, everything was fine, you know, and so similar element to it. Well, what else do you need from me? Oh, no, nothing. We're doing we're doing great. But. The leader knew that something didn't go right or that there was gossip that was occurring related to this particular situation and his leadership in it. And so I think that there's an element of of kind of being aware. Mm -hmm. So uh, knowing what's going on with your people, what are some of the conversations and things that are having that they're having too, and how might that be a reflection on what they're perceiving from your leadership.
2: Well and how much of that is about trust? Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause when I think of leaders that kind of what you said, you know, like skim over it, roll over it, kind of just, you know, ah, don't really mean it. Um, you know, as opposed to being vulnerable like, wow, that didn't go well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and just calling it mm-hmm. and saying, wow, that didn't go well. What? Team. Like, what are your feelings? You know, maybe just kind of weighed in. What are your feelings about that? And and what do I need? You know, and then you can kind of get into what do I need to do better? Um, you know, and ask something more specific right. related to that to start getting people used to talking about it. And then, like you said, kind of deepen the relationship and maybe strengthen those bonds of trust.
0: Yeah, we see this with uh, Patrick Lencioni's, you know, oh, five dysfunctions, dysfunctions of yeah. a team. If you haven't gotten the book, of course, you can get that from your Barnes and Noble local here in, in Columbia, Missouri, um, and say that you had the weekly workplace, get a little discount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those first two dysfunctions is that absence of trust, which leads to invulnerability, which is what you're talking about here. Right. It's the idea that um, I'm going to pretend everything's okay. Right. I don't want to be open. I don't want to be vulnerable with you. I'm going to close down. Why would I want to give you any ammunition that you could possibly use against me in the future? But then that's going to lead to that uh, fear of conflict, which is what that leads to from Lencioni's point of view is that um, sense of artificial harmony. Yeah. So that's why you hear these statements yep. like, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. It's everything's, fine. fine. everything's great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have. Oh, you're a great leader. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. when you actually know that there's probably something going on there.
1: Well, and to, to tag on to that, you talk about the trust element, and I'm going to use some of of Ray's language I've heard her talk about in accountability sessions before, but there's got to be a cadence with this Mm -hmm. request for feedback. So you can't only request the feedback when things are good, to your point earlier, Dewey. It's got to be every conversation you have, um, where again, you're open to spending the time and listening to the feedback, but having that kind of cadence where they know to expect it. And Ray, I know this with you. I mean, every PTM we have at the end of the conversation, you ask for feedback. So I come prepared with it. And here's the thing. When we first started those, maybe I didn't feel as comfortable sharing as openly or as honestly at first because we were still feeling our relationship out and trust was being built. And now it's like, uh, I'm going to tell her.
2: Yeah. She's going to be okay with it because I know more. I mean, whether I ask or not, I mean, in the course of, you know, our planning or whatever. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, I think there's two things up there. It's the cadence that you talked about, you know, and that you and that Ray is asking you that on a very regular basis, you know, in that cadence. But it's also the environment that's created, Mm -hmm. you know, the culture that's created is the does the culture support the idea of that openness and vulnerability with one another.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I started, what, 13, 14, I don't know, years ago, and coming in mm-hmm. when your mentor was our director and he really set the tone. Mm-hmm. So where maybe in a previous culture, I wasn't used to that. Absolutely. Um, right. You got used to seeing it, right. You know, because he continually asked and he continually followed up and he, you know, and, and thing, and you're just like, oh, this, this is okay in this space. Mm-hmm. And so I picked that up, um, you know, from him directly and from you now as, as my boss. And, you know, we don't usually wait each other. We just oh, kind of right. like, yeah, we just- oh, just. By the way,
0: <laughs> uh, you know, got a minute. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah. let's
1: talk a little bit more about some of these barriers that, that I think leaders just need to be aware of that might be preventing their people from asking for feedback. Um, number one, you know, obviously we, we talked a lot today about are you even asking for it? Um, is that an element? But, you know, they may they may be apprehensive about like doing it right. You know, something that I see so often in our supervisory certificate series with our our participants is this concept that coaching and feedback are like these big formal processes that you have to have everything set up in this particular order. and It's got to go this way. And And there's just conversations with people. And so if you haven't modeled the behavior, really just made it kind of a natural everyday occurrence as the leader, then they might think that there's got to be a certain way of, of doing it too, when they're providing that feedback. So their apprehension could come from not seen feedback provided effectively before. Mm -hmm. And not knowing what that really
2: looks like. Not knowing that it's as simple as a conversation with somebody. Yeah. You know, and I think you can ask in different formats, because mm-hmm. everybody, you know, not everybody can look their boss in the eye mm-hmm. and, like, lay it out mm-hmm. good or bad. Right. Um, you know, so I think, you know, in honoring different styles, you know, maybe, you know, maybe in writing or maybe, you know, I mean, just kind of to honor the way other people like to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. That's a
1: great point because I actually worked with a client one time who um, they have a box set up like in their staff meeting room where the box is, you know, you you write your note down whenever it's convenient. You know, it's there all the time and it's set up and you stick it in the box. And, you know, every week at this particular staff meeting, they kind of go through some of the things that are in that box. And it's a great way to honor your introverts, yeah.
2: I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the, the people who have a natural, you know, maybe, you know, they see authority as you don't challenge it. I mean, that mm-hmm. could have been. The environment they grew up in,
0: mm-hmm. or taught,
2: um, yeah. So it's part of their belief system, and you know, I I don't challenge my boss, my authority figure, regardless, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a that's a kind of that suggestion box, but a feedback box. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think um, leaders sometimes fail to ask for this feedback because they it's almost like they don't want to open up Pandora's box. They don't want to have to poke
2: the bear. Yeah, they don't want to have to do something with
0: it once they get it. You know, yeah. so if I just keep my head in the sand and not ask the question, then, you know, I can just kind of move on. So, I mean, and there's all kinds of reasons and barriers um, of why this doesn't happen more often. Yeah. And some of it, I think, comes from the bosses and the culture they're creating. And sometimes I think it's from the um, employees' side, too. So, yeah.
1: There's often—I um, don't say often. I know in previous positions that I have been in, I was reluctant to provide feedback because I feared retaliation. Mm-hmm. That goes back to the trust element, right? Mm-hmm. The trust wasn't built there, and you know these 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 people mean the leaders, right? They're they're ultimately responsible for your personnel file, for you know, and so there's a lot at at stake with with that, and you just are sometimes really concerned, like what's going to happen or what are they going to say especially if you're trying to move up into leadership positions what are they going to say to the ceo or what are they that, that might make me look bad um i think i mentioned on a previous episode i with one of those particular or supervisors i had had i came home to my husband and i'm like he's ruining my legacy you know because of the concern that i had just said something that he didn't like and now what's he going to write in my personnel file A little dramatic. Yes, I know. However, it was that important to me. Mm -hmm. You know, that fear of
2: retaliation is a very real thing sometimes. Is that the culture he built for you? Yes. Interesting. Because personnel file never even hits my radar. (laughs) So it's so, you know, just because it's about making it a more comfortable work environment, not a personal attack. And so thinking about reporting it, I was just like, that's "That's very interesting. Well, It's that gotcha gotcha mentality, that gotcha culture. Yeah. Well, and to, it's
1: something I've never actually shared with you, I'm going to share on the podcast now, Ray. One of the things I started noticing in our PTM was... You had a file with my name on it in your office. And I found for those first few months of our con- when after I started working here, I couldn't focus on anything else but what you were going to write in that file. And then eventually you told me one time this file is my notes from our conversation. So I know what we're talking about <laughs> at the next conversation.
2: Yeah. I mean, because it's out on the desk. I'm is. not trying to it hide is. it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But that was that. I mean, you talk about the damage that yeah. something like that can do, um, you know, when you leave and then, you know, transition, it, it was still on my mind that oh, I'm going to do something wrong. And it's going to go in that file and that file is going to affect, you know, my ability to move up in this
2: organization or something like that. So. Yeah. See, that's so interesting mm-hmm. because I, I, that looking for something wrong, mm-hmm. like you deal with something wrong, you celebrate and record what's right. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just my thinking. So, yeah. But I remember having that yeah. conversation where you were like, what yeah. does that file mean? And I'm like, This is just yarn. Oh, okay. Well,
0: you know, and that kind of leads to another thought that I had about why, why people don't give feedback is oftentimes... Maybe they have in, in the past, but the leader did nothing with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so why should I why should I bother giving it to you again? Right. If I you asking the questions, but yet you don't really do anything with it. I I as the employee don't see any changes as a result of the feedback that I'm offering.
1: And that gets interesting sometimes, I think, is we we consider feedback is a gift. We've even talked about that on previous episodes. However, not all feedback is going to be something you're gonna want to do something with, right? Mm-hmm. And so that becomes a really interesting line to 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 toe, I guess. In that, how do you, how do you own that? And I've had a client ask me that before. You know, where I I've asked for the feedback, he's giving me this, however that is not something we're able to do. I can't just allow you, you know, for example, to, um, you know, work remotely whenever you want to work remotely. That's this, there's a company policy, there's, you know, or whatever it is. And he's like, so how do I how do I tell this person that I can't do that for you because then he's not going to want to provide feedback again. And, uh, and, and that was a very interesting conversation to have. I'd love to hear your thoughts as you kind of weigh in on that. Oh yeah. I'd love to address
0: that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think that you're right. That, um, when you whoever you are, whether you're the employee or the the leader um, and somebody is giving you feedback, you are the ultimate judge of that feedback. Um, You know, I, 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 I will say that people have given me feedback before that I did not agree with, but I listened to them. I validated that they had this perspective, but I even told them that I'm going to think about this, but you know what else I did is I went back to them later and I said, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot and we had another conversation Mm. and I wanted them to know that you're not going to see a change in my behavior because I respectfully disagree with the feedback that you've given me. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I think it's also important, though, that the next time that we have feedback and you know what, they're right, (laughs) that I have to do something with that information. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to I have to change my behavior um, in some way. So this is about growing up and this is about recognizing that. You know, uh, we all make mistakes and that we're not going to be perfect all the time. Um, But I can listen to feedback. I can empathize. I can take your perspective. um, And sometimes they're right. And I need to change my behavior. And then other times, maybe I do respectfully disagree. But I still think it's important to get back to them to to talk about the reasons why they're not going to see a change in my behavior.
2: Yeah, I think, you know... This idea of feedback and making the space to for your employees to give you feedback is really how you accept it. It's not Mm -hmm. if you accept it, you know, like, oh, I'm going to make that change because you said for me too. because the next person might say, I need you to do this. And it's counter to what was said before. So I really think, you know, to your point, how you're receiving feedback, like you might totally be so out of line, Mm -hmm. but, you know, that took a lot of courage So I might thank them, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you know, thank you. That that probably took a lot of courage for you to to say that. And then, you know, going into, you know, I'll I'll take that under advisement or maybe even in the moment, you know, absolutely why you're not going to be able to to make those things. First of all, to your example, Brianna, well. It's not my policy, you know, and I so that could be a reason I can very well explain it right then and there. I don't have to take it under, you know, right. kind of thing right. um, versus, you know, it's goes against my values or um, I need more examples and, you know ask for examples. Mm -hmm. Um, When, when other, you know, when, when did you notice me doing that? Or, you know, under what situations was that more likely to be heard by me, you know, or heard from me, you know, and, and gathering that specific, so you can put the feedback into context, but how you receive it, Mm -hmm. I think is going to set the tone for if they give you feedback. And I'll, I remember there was one time during my performance evaluation in a previous uh, position, and um, you know, one of the things was, I think I want more money. You know, I think I need my salary to be increased. And you know, the the person I was talking to, I highly, highly respect, and the response was, "I wish I could." I wish I could. And then she followed up by saying, "If I can't do that." Because it really wasn't her choice, you know, Mm -hmm. if I can't do that, is there something else Mm -hmm. I could do for you? So it was kind of, you know, at that point she was empowering me to say, you know, highly unlikely you're going to get a race, you know, or whatever, (laughs) for whatever reasons. But what might offset that Mm -hmm. need to be recognized at a different level, you know? And so I I always remember that, you know, so she was very honest. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, I'll see what I can do. It was really like... If I can't, what else would work for you? Mm
1: -hmm. You know, one of the things um, that I was thinking about as you were sharing some of some of your thoughts on that, Ray, was often another barrier that that I've I used to face and I don't face this anymore is I would operate out of my style and my mentality of I don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings. And so I can specifically remember us having a feedback session where I was providing you feedback about how. I had um, felt like I couldn't provide you feedback.
2: We're <laughs> having a conversation <laughs> feedback having about a feedback. This is what we do, feedback right? Feedback about
0: feedback. Yes,
1: and so and so, you're looking at me. and You're, you know, give me. Can you give me to your point? Can you give me some examples of where you saw this? And we actually walked through this whole idea of Brianna. It's the story you're telling yourself that you're going to hurt my feelings, and realistically, I want this feedback, and it doesn't hurt my feelings, right? <laughs> you know, and I can remember. I'm just like, oh, okay. So I had to almost get over over my own concern of hurting your feelings or what the story I was telling myself related to
2: how I was going to hurt your feelings by sharing what I needed to share with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know and and one good question all of us at at MTI ask and and you know periodically it comes back up again but how do you like to receive mm-hmm. feedback? Mm. You know, important question. Yeah. Because, you know, part of me is like, just spit it out. You know, I because my skin is very thick, you know, so uh, that doesn't bother me. But not everybody around this table is. Right. And so kind of honoring that. But yeah, important question. How do you like to receive feedback? And
1: it could be different for different things.
2: Yes. When I think and about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, when I first started, uh, we talked a lot about um, feedback and I said, oh, I like to have it in person. I like to have it as quickly as we can after something, you know, has occurred, especially if it's regarding not Me not doing that again, you know, behavioral change that way Um, or even good, you know, so I like to know what I did good so I can keep doing good. But when it comes to uh, curriculum design, for example, if I've put together a curriculum and I need your all's feedback on it, recognizing that. My levels of experience with that aren't as grand, you know, and my perfectionistic tendencies at the very beginning were very difficult for me to receive that and have a conversation about it immediately because you might have some red ink on that curriculum mm-hmm. and I would struggle with processing that and being open to receiving that conversation then Mm -hmm. so for curriculum design i need you all to give me a couple days put it on my desk give me a couple days but for anything else you know we can have this conversation kind of rather immediately yeah so different things for different things to
0: self
2: yeah yeah yeah, oh we knew that a long time ago A long time. Well, I mean, you think you've invested yourself in that curriculum. Oh, I mean, yeah. that is you, you know, you've, and so it is hard to look at that little baby sitting there and have everybody pick at it. Yeah. You know, oh, those numbers need to be on this side, and that's, you know, we don't use contractions and blah, 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 you know, and you're just like, ah, and it is overwhelming. Yeah.
0: Well, especially when you don't have the experience.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, that, that Ray and I had when you first started, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So, um, um, but yeah, you, uh, you think about how far you've come with it, though, now uh, when I take a look at the the work that you have
2: I go in and change mine. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: Um, you know, and so you really have come a long way oh. with, with that. But I think one of the reasons why you've done that is because. We give feedback to it, each other.
1: And Dewey, thank you for that feedback as far as having come a long way. You're welcome. So,
2: You're
1: welcome. <laughs> you know, that's that's the one thing. And we, we mentioned it on that initial episode where we talked about uh, feedback. Uh, episode number nine, if you want more on this topic. But thinking about the lens in which feedback really is meant to to be. And that's that's the lens of a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. What you do with it is your choice hopefully do something maybe with it again depending on or you know being honest about what you can't do with it but it is ultimately a gift and and i think that was something i had never
2: ever considered prior to having that conversation with you all yeah checking the motivation behind the the feedback you know and the intentions cuz sometimes it is who's giving you the mm-hmm. feedback right mm. sometimes yeah So that's why I say get out in front of it and ask. And, you know, those that you might not have as much confidence in, um, that's when I really go to a very specific question Yeah. because I'm not going to leave my entire psyche open to this person. But I do want them to know I'm open to feedback, Mm -hmm. but I'll be real specific. Mm, That's great strategy. Great strategy. Any other
1: final thoughts on this topic before we wrap up?
0: I would just say kind of get comfortable with um, hearing difficult things once in a while. Um, and when that happens, I just encourage you, as Ray has mentioned, um, to remain curious and ask, ask more questions. Uh, so you more fully understand the gift that somebody is giving you.
2: Yeah. And I prepare yourself. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's what I had to learn to do um, was we're going to have this meeting and then I'm going to ask for feedback, like, be you know, and so mentally in my mind, that's Mm -hmm. on the agenda, you know, and so I've prepared myself. And so in some ways you might have to, like, steal your nerves a little bit to hear what somebody's saying and then remember Thank them or let them know what's going to be next based on that. But preparing in advance so you come to the conversation knowing you're going to do it
1: all great strategies i always you know i i know our listeners i hope our listeners learn uh from from these episodes and i just want you all to know i learn from you all too every time we have these conversations so
0: it goes both ways
1: yeah well thank you thank you and thank you to our listeners and uh i just want to tell y'all yeah ray you tell (laughs) them go be great
0: i e